It's the Behind the Dish Podcast with John Buck. We want this to be authentic and just a real conversation. So just keep going for where you're at. People, we were in a conversation. I got Brett Tomko, teammate, pitcher. This is like a mountain visit right here. We're talk- <laughs> we're, we were talking about his podcast, so you're just going to enter in conversation and just flow from there. So you were, you were doing it for a full year, right? Full year, yeah. And I think, I think what it was, and rightfully so, they were accumulating a lot of podcasts, and they had 300-some podcasts, and we weren't really seeing anything, like in terms of like the – sponsorship coming in it was minuscule because it was divided amongst so many people and it just got it's a lot of work you know yeah, yeah. this and and you don't want to sound like a jackass well see that's that was my whole thing when i was saying with the union each like each player's locker being able to essentially do this right and how you were able to capture that and we talked about having ghosts in the locker room and things like that to help with that because when you're playing or you're doing like you have zero time for that or you're like me I won't do it because it doesn't mean that part of what we're doing. It's hard for me to concentrate. I'm too go, go, go. Hard for you to concentrate? No. Yeah. Right. Right. So, (laughs) so I, I just want to, I can't, I don't have like with you, you could sit down go through that film and do that. And, And when you're looking on a big body of players, tons of guys like you, tons of guys like me, tons of like Greeky that want, they don't want to look, even look at a camera, let alone create content. So how how does it, how does it make it valuable for him too? So when I was kind of looking at that whole thing is you would have to do it to where you had an assistant for a group of players. Absolutely. And I, I was running everything like I, and and I, I enjoyed it. I mean, you, like, you know, like I said, I like doing that stuff, mixing in the audio and the music and fading stuff in and face. I love doing that. That's the art part of it. (laughs) It becomes a lot of work. And then when you're, you're like trying to, there's a long conversation that, you know, well, we just rambled for like five minutes. We don't even need that. Let's go in there and cut that out. Move this over here. It, it became like super time consuming. It was great. And I loved it, but what I was getting back from it wasn't quite enough to keep pushing it. Cause it wasn't, That's, it wasn't, it wasn't getting out there. Like I wanted it to. Yeah. And I, I think too, is having a purpose for the platform. Like I feel like what's driven mine is, and, and with Jordan is having that mental health background. So it's like you can use that, but then it with youth baseball, it covers so many things, just yeah. mental health. And then fall far as like, what's your mental approach to the game? Like what's your, What's your routines and rituals in the off season? What's your routines and rituals during the season? What's your routine and rituals when you wake up? What's your – like, when do you start thinking about pitching? When do you try not to think about – like, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of that that's just undiscovered that I was like, oh, a podcast, three hours to talk about these things is perfect. So during the pandemic, I was like, all right, I'm not doing anything. I, it started with this catching the way that the catchers yeah, are. I want to get your, I want to get your feedback. I just talked to and the funny thing is you're talking about the mental approach, you know, I'm, I'm full little league in it. I'm in, I'm in little Me league. Too. We were both the same. Yeah. In it right now. And, and my kid's 11. So we have a majors team. It's the first time you play like almost like real baseball. Yeah. So we had a game last night and I was talking to the catcher and there's a travel ball component. Cause these travel ball kids that are on my team, they're getting taught a certain way, which some of it I agree with, some of it I don't. And the catching came up last night. I have a catcher that they're taught to 
they don't give a target. He gives Glo- a t- gloves on the ground. Gloves on the ground. And he's like, and I said, I, I know they're teaching you that, but I don't completely agree with that because as a pitcher, if I come <laughs> up and I don't see a target, where am I throwing it? And I get the ball, you're low, because I was saying most pitchers are going to miss up a little bit. So get, I'd rather have a low target that's eight inches off the ground because if I miss, I'm missing knee high. I said, you have, it's, you're talking about a lot. Well, I, I remember even on your change up and then that slide, like, or when I was wanting you to get your curveball, you liked so much. I remember giving target with my thumb on the ground, but still yeah. a target, not resting it on the ground because I had that orange. Remember the orange yeah, on my yeah, glove yeah. that you would, for that reason, and to not, I mean, that's how I had my glove designed to not use that as like a, it's, it's so weird to me. I get so, the concept of working the ball up in the zone and getting some of those pitches. I totally yeah. get that. But yeah. teaching an 11 year old not to give a target, I said, that's the, not going to, I told him, I said, that's not going to happen on my team. Yeah. So you can do that when you go play Sunday with your travel ball team. But on my team, this is what I need for this 11 or 12 year old that's pitching because that, that's been the hard thing is, is, and it's been really interesting because it, it's all mental approach with these kids. Like my kids struggle a little bit and it's not so much hitting. It's, it's, it's the approach when you get in the batter's box. Cause Dude, they- I was, I just had a lesson. I just had a lesson just because I'm Wednesday. Wednesday is my Wednesday work day. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the one day I work and do baseball things and coaching. And so I just feel like I get in that mindset because it's all these things. And it's this conversation, whether it be with a catcher or whatever. So I had this kid this morning and I asked him, because the way I, I do my lessons, I write, did you pregame? Because as soon as, like, as soon as you leave the stadium, when we'd go to the stadium, I'd had a song in my car that I would like, it just got me going. Yeah. It's alone time. I'm on, it's me time. I'm to, I have to forget about serious stuff. I mean, you were with me when Bentley was in, or Brody was in the Nick unit. Yeah, my kids are in the Nick unit while I'm going to catch a ball game. That was weird. That was weird. You were with me in Kansas City in that time, yeah. and and how do you stop that? Like it was a thing where I put the song on, baseball thoughts. Okay, like my family's all right. However, I need to do that. It, it kind of I was able to put my mindset in that. So then it started there. So then when I entered that arena, baseball arena, literally arena, it was. <laughs> I'm thinking baseball things, not will Brody be alive when I am playing. Right. Try hit a baseball when you're thinking that, or I you tell, have those thoughts going in your head. Yeah, I tell a lot of the kids. It's funny you bring this up. Like, couldn't it couldn't hit more right now? We're driving to the game yesterday, and my 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 son's starting to ask me a lot of questions about when I played and how I did things, which is it was kind of fun. And he's like, "How did you get ready for the game? What did you do?" And I said, "I I do what we just did. We made a playlist that we play on the way to the little league field." And he has his music and he's picked it and he puts on the song and he'll time the songs that he wants a certain song as we're turning the corner to go into the parking lot. He doesn't sound like your son at all. No, no, not at all. And it's, I told him, I said, this is what I did. He's like, how'd you get yourself up for games? And I said, it was usually, you know, I had my headphones on. I said, once I got in the field, I'm trying to get him over. Maybe you can help me with this because you, your kids have been through it. He gets so nervous, nervous. All his legs are like shaking. Well, I think, out I, of I, and that's what this kid, the kid that I had the lesson that, that kind of brought this. This is why I like doing all this on on Wednesday is because I had this experience with this kid. This this thing, his mom, and I was like, "So what's going on?" He's like, "Oh, when the kid throws hard, I'm like, you're having anxiety, aren't you?" And he's like, "Yeah." 
So when the kid throws hard, your body does weird things when fear hits it. When you're getting yeah. a dopamine, when you should be getting serotonin, your body does instead of And I know, you know, I had the, yeah, I had the yips thing. Yeah. And it's a weird brain thing. You can't, when, when there's a chemical thing going on, fear in this instance with your son, anxiety, how do we get rid of that? We have to eliminate thoughts. Yeah. So thoughts and anxiety, that's, bu- 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 am I going to throw this away? Am I, am I going to get hit? Am I, that's not thinking about what you want. If we're in the zone, we're in the flow, we're thinking about what you want. What you did in your routine with your music, music's the gateway to the zone. Yeah. You can feel it. It'll make you dance when you feel weird and silly, right? It, it'll, it'll, so it's we, we as athletes, as you explained to your son, we trigger into that because we know it works. So we're going to go to that well if it works to help clear my mind, the same mechanism I did. And I don't think there's any accident, right, that we both kind of have the routines. We show those to our kids. But also when that fear is identifying to your son what the fear is, me throwing it away, this kid, a harder, faster pitcher, really triggered. Be, be in the moment. Like address it. I'm afraid to get hit. Okay, why? What are things I can do to protect myself? I'm going to take a pitch, curling my shoulder in to realize, oh, okay, I can move out of all those good information you learn when you go through your experience, but I'm in the moment. I have a plan that reduces all the what ifs, right? Yeah. And I think if, if you, um, and Jim Fannin, because when I had the throne, I started working with him with that, that he started using it. I throw balls to a well-defined zone or which with your son, I hit solid. I hit solid with an accelerated bat hit. That's it. Right. I don't care where it goes, what happens. I hit solid with an accelerated bat hit. That's yeah, I'm trying and I'm it. trying to I'm trying to because you know as kids you know we we're teaching kids because I'll teach kids a lot and it's it's mechanically we're trying to we're trying to get this elbow in here to get the bat on more plane, thoughts all that stuff. more thoughts more, more thoughts, thoughts thoughts so, yeah. And, and I tell kids, I tell kids when they get in the game and when they get in that box, you can have one pre pitch thought. Maybe it's, I need my hands here. Then it's gone. You get your hands there. It's gone. And you can maybe, and I know when I was at my best, I could get one to two thoughts where I could think whether it was approach, like you said, it was up the middle or it was, you know, stayed me as keep the ball down. So I'm trying to get them to that. But now it's even, like I said, it's like, Sometimes you just got to go see the ball, hit the ball, barrel the ball, something, something that if you think that one thought, maybe that one thinking that one thought is going to get him out of that nervous phase. Like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to, I don't want to strike out. I don't want to fail. All these people are looking at me. That's his thing. He he gets nervous because everyone is looking. You can feel you can, it's all, it's all energy and you can feel it when parents are mad. You can feel all that. And some kids pick up on that. My youngest son too. That's why he's soccer. He didn't yeah. want any part of feeling that. He's like, I'm out. My kid won't parents, pitch. My parents, these parents screaming, doing all He's like, I'm out. These people yeah. are crazy. He's, I'm going to soccer where I'm way away from. But he can feel that. And kids can feel that. And I think when your son starts to feel that, one, well, because I know him, right? Yeah. And he's sensitive. That's a, yeah. I think that's a skill. Once that's a, addressed as a skill and a positive thing, I was that way. I could pick up on your emotions on the mound or this hitter even – because I start to define exactly that. And so once once you define it, like you go there and he's, you identify what it is, I bet you, just because I know you and your DNA strand, it's a thought process of all the what-ifs and how I can do it and how I'm 
because he's smart too. And if you train that brain and it, having um, like what Jim was saying, having a routine of the same thing, it's like your iron rod there, right? You can always go to it. You can always go to fastball, middle away, right center, fastball, middle away, right center. Fat, well, like when I'm doing a hitting lesson, the first 20 minutes, I do heavy bat, medium bat, light bat. And all this drill, and they do right-handed and left-handed. One, because Ichiro did it left-handed. He told yeah. me, he told me, I don't know, Japanese yin and yang thing. And I was like, that was all. He said that, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> you know? My kid's a switch hitter, and he's got a better left-handed swing, and he hates hitting left-handed. So Dude, just my like, son, right-handed. Brody, that's Brody right -handed. He struggled last night in our game, and I, we came home. This is my kid, though. Struggled. He's super upset. Like, you can read it all over him, down everything gets home and he goes, can we go in the cage? It's nine 30, nine 45 at night. He's like, can we go grind in the cage? And of course, you know, I'm like, absolutely. Let's go. Yeah. So it's like, Mom's but I'm like, like uh, why, why don't you, I said, why don't you just start hitting left-handed? And it usually gets him out of his funk because he's just got a better, he's hit left-handed since he was a kid. Cause he thought he was left-handed. We thought he was left-handed in T-ball and his swing is so pure left-handed, but he, he, it feels weird to him. Yeah. I'm to the point where I'm like, dude, if you're struggling and you're like, take the thought process out of it, go up there left-handed. You know you're fast. So that's what he's doing. Yeah, that's yeah, why so I do that true. Yeah. Your brain starts thinking about like other, like it's just a shift. Yeah. There, and, and the anxiety thing, when I first have lessons and I bring them in here and I do that, because kids are like, mind you, I have them do handstands too. <laughs> this is after I've just had them yeah, do handstands. Yeah, yeah. And the reaction to handstands, they're what? Kids are looking around, you get flush in the cheeks, their breaths get 11 to 12 breaths a minute. Like, so this is the fun things I like to do, like yeah. on lessons, because I'm like, I'm seeing this. And then I'm like, all right, and I'll call them out, right? Well, stop, quit saying whatever you're doing, get unhinge your jaw. Like, like you see Muhammad Ali boxing, jaws unhinged. It's the closest muscle to your brain, right? So tell when you see your son doing this, unhinge your jaw. Open your mouth like you're a Venus flytrap. Yeah, you look silly. Who cares? Your thoughts are already removed from the anxiety. Yeah. And and get your breath six to eight. And then think fastball middle of the way. That's it. Yeah. See, that's I think it. I, need, I think I need to approach it like, and that's what I've been trying. I'm I keep because you're tapping in because it's a central nervous system. It's a yeah. it's a science thing. And you do that and then because all you're doing is defibrillate because your brain can only think of one thought. You're defibrillating it, right? And then get, from a central nervous system, you're slowing the heart rate down, right? You're unhinging the jaw. You're conscious. You're in the moment. And he's rerouting. So the speed of those thoughts that are thinking, I suck. I might get hit or whatever it's causing it, the root. Yeah. You go from that point thinking, I hit solid. His brain will start thinking, I hit solid. I like to hit the ball in the gap. I remember, like, your brain will just naturally do that. Yeah, it, right? makes, yeah, it, makes, just it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It's, it's, it's almost rewired. And that's what I tell the kids, too. Like, hey, your swing's there. or that We just need to rewire. There's a couple wires in your brain. We just need to reconnect them because they're, 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 they're tweaked a little bit or they're kinked. And I like that terminology to make them think. And it's, it's I, 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 you know, you know, coaching your son, it's hard. It's hard it to is. coach your son. He finally even said to dad, dad, you were a pitcher. What do you know about hitting? I said, I, I, Ty, I know more than the mailman that's coaching against us. Like, <laughs> hey, like, the other dad that's telling you that he knows that YouTubed it just because he's YouTubed yeah, it quicker so than I did. <laughs> I get so frustrated because I finally got like, you know, it, it's a constant little thing. I said, 
Look <laughs> at all the other kids. Look at where they started at, and they're listening. Jeff Geary, you know Jeff Geary? Yeah. Uh, he's he's one of my coaches. So, so I, I can only imagine in San Diego, your staff is probably I – mean, <laughs> Jeff's good. Jeff, Jeff's good. Well, we got Mike Sweeney's a coach. Travis Lee coaches like at a, at a different league than us. We played him in. Austin. Okay. okay. It's, it's fun. We have fun. Heath Bell was here in the other league, our little, our little city. He was in the American side. I was in the national. I remember you and him were doing a lot with your little league there, but it's, it's, I, I try to tell him, I'm like, look at the kids. Like they're, they're listening and they're making the adjustments. Yeah. And you're, you're fighting me a little bit because I'm dad. I totally get it. Cause there's points during the game yesterday. I was like, Jeff, I can't, he won't listen to me. And, and Jeff goes, well, Hudson won't listen to me. So let's just foot flop. You, I'll, you coach Hudson and I'll coach Ty. And we'll just, we'll try to figure it out just to get them on, on the page that we want to rewire that brain and that thought process a little bit just to change mindset. Cause that's really what it comes down to. Sometimes it's not mechanical. Sometimes, sometimes it's just, I got to change my approach and what I'm thinking and then the body's just going to react and follow. The, the, uh, it's funny because it's what you're saying. It's just a little rewiring. And I think we see that so quick because the game is so much slower to us for obvious reasons. We've been yeah. brainwashing it since we were out of the womb, right? And then made an occupation. And when it goes that fast, you're able to slow it down and you're seeing these things. And some of the things that I'm watching that are these little rewired things, it's a combination of the coach – over here saying one thing you got grandma just saying just smile getting his attention no, right during mom. the game you've never been to a game when my mom's there <laughs> yeah so, and then and then you got dad saying elbow up you got yeah. coach, other coach saying hey keep your shoulder in and when it's somebody looking for this right looking for answers don't try they'll grab on i know i did it in the big leagues i was grabbing on to anything you want me to hit like this or whatever so if they're if I'm doing that in the big, you know they're doing it. Literally, we just get to see it actually unfold right there in the box, like like yeah. just like their emotions. Everything's on the sleeve, so you can see them kind of hit anxiety, relax, big confidence. One pitch later, down. It's it. Yeah. So it's fascinating to me to be able. To, I feel like my job as a coach, and I don't think this is how it's viewed. And I think you're probably more, a little more like that. I'm watching them to create more self-confidence because I know it makes them perform 100%. better. I know even when they swing and miss, yes, good job. When I see other coaches, why are you swing? Don't swing at the high pitches. I'm telling them, good swing. If that's in your, if that's your homer pitch, where's your homer pitch? See what I'm doing? I'm bringing his head. Okay. That's good. If that's at my homer pitch, that's gone. I'm not telling them I'm making him, have that image of that in his head, not what he just, he already knows. Well, this is, this what is, cause you've seen this. And we, the funny thing is like, I wish, I wish your kid was the same age and we lived in the same city because Jeff and I would talk about the same thing. It's creating a positive environment and we're the same way. We want to, we want kids aggressive. We want them swinging. Same thing. If you swing at a ball over your head, I'm all right. Dude, that a way to be aggressive. Go get them three, like two, I'm, I'm in it like that because we can, we can hone that in. We can start working on, you know, pitch selection and stuff like that. But we're trying to, I'm not only trying to make great baseball players. I'm trying to make great teammates. I'm trying to get, I told the kids this too. I said, I care more about, well, well not more, but just equally as your performance on the field, but how you treat your teammates, how you treat the opponents, how you treat the umpire. I'm trying to build not only a good player, but a good human being. 
because if you, the chance of being a baseball player are, are tiny, right? And, 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 and astronomical to get to the big leagues. We just know that, but I want to create this kid. If he is going to work at whatever, a bank, I want him to be a good team player. And that is important to me. And that's important to Jeff too. And I think we get more out of our kids because we are breeding this positive. And I don't see like la la land, like everything is good guys. Cause there's times I got to oh, yeah. hammer when you're going to be held. Account. Yeah. You're going to be held. Yeah, account, no, man. there's, I, I tell them, I expect two things out of you guys, two things. I expect effort. I want a hundred percent, not 110. I want a hundred percent of your effort. That's it. I want a hundred percent all the time. You have two hours here. I expect a hundred percent effort. No matter if we're getting beat by 40 runs or we're winning by 40 runs, it's the same. And I expect a good attitude. I want your attitude to be good. I want you to be a good teammate. I want you to have a good attitude. I want you to be positive. I want you to treat the umpires, your parents, the coaches, all with respect. Those are the only two things that I really care about because if I have those two, the scoreboard is going to take care of itself. Mm -hmm. And we have like our team right now is the youngest team in the league, probably talent wise, you know, not as good as the other teams, but we're in first place because we mm -hmm. have these kids believing when they walk on the field that they're the baddest team in the world, like baddest and good. Like, yeah. They're, they're the team. Like when we, when we do our little cheer at the end, I'm like, I want you, I want Escondido. Let, let them hear I want them like we're playing them next week. I want them to hear who they're playing. Let's go. And even when we lose, it's like, you guys know you're a better team than them. You know, we just made these two mistakes. Like I want them to like feel like they are the best team walking on the face of the earth. And I'm telling you, we've played with guys, Jamie Moyer, uh -huh. Jamie Moyer. stuff wise. It wasn't, it wasn't, poop. A, it was poop. poop. But that guy walked out there <laughs> with the, Oh yeah. With the bravado and the balls <laughs> yeah. right, to go yeah. out there to think no one could beat him. And yeah. that's what, these little 11-year-olds that we're playing 12-year-olds, we're the smallest team. We walk out there, we're tiny. But we come <laughs> out awesome. there and we bang and we scrap. And it's because these kids believe in themselves. And we, we try to set that tone in practices when all these other teams are, are, are scrimmaging each other because they think they need to get the bats. We're working on fundamentals. We're working on thought process. We're working on confidence. And yeah. you're solid all those things. You're going to build those confidence. And then when we get into the game – all of a sudden these kids are like, it's fun as a coach. And you know that when you see this, this master plan we have in our head before the season starts of how we're going to mold this team to be successful and how to pull these strings and wires, put these kids in situations where you know they're going to, and this is a big thing. I'm not putting kids in positions where they're going to struggle too much. And then that confidence is going to take a nosedive. Mm -hmm. I'm putting them in spots where I know that they're going to have success and then when they have that success, they're going to build and build and build. And then I can start moving them to a different spot where because of that confidence, they're going to succeed over here too. Dude, that, that brings up a point on one of my, on my son's 12 year old team. We just came onto this team because Brody was playing up and we came onto this team and, and there was a situation, there was a player that was playing short and he's normal. He's normally shortstop and he is the shortstop, but he was having a little thing because he was unconfident. He threw a couple away. So it created uneasy before he threw right and it was delay so it was just making his timing good off and i was like oh, dude let's move him to second and have this other kid who's playing good right now play short right and then it was like you know i was moving in changing stuff around on the guys 
but my mind, and I didn't even think, because that's how normal travel ball goes, daddy ball, whatever. Yeah. And I think that's how generally how their mind thinks. I think just you just eloquently explained how you view your process of developing a whole season. Right. And in this scenario, I wanted him to go to second to take away the thinking just because right. his hands are good so he can play. Because I was starting to see that the shortstop was affecting his hitting. And he's one of our dudes. Yeah. So I was like, let's get him going again, just playing at second. And when he's at second making reactions, this kid's like one of the most athletic kids I've ever seen. But he had some thought. So I said, move him here just to make him feel better when we put him back. But then it it created all this tension because they're, the viewpoint of the coaches, I think, were winning. Don't change things up. Mantle, not development. And no. it couldn't say, once I, once I explained it because of the dads, my point of view, then they were like, Oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, they got it, but I don't think people's lens look through like what you just described. That's and why I, I kind to, of bring that up. And I try to up. tell the parents before the season, and and everybody knows me around the league because I've been in the league a while, and most of the parents know me, and and we've always had successful teams. And I'll tell the parents, I'll say, listen, I may do some things when you look at the other teams and how they're taking, doing practice or batting practice, and when we do something, you're going to go, well, why aren't they doing it like that? There's a method behind all our madness. And I said, and you have to trust this process because I'm looking out for the best interest of your kids. And everyone thinks this is funny in the league. And I have a buddy that's that I play softball with that's in the league. Everyone thinks I'm just the fun coach. So <laughs> it got to a point during, <laughs> during the season before it was like, well, Tomko just wants to have fun. Cause I kept, they kept saying, we, we can't have this many teams. We don't have talent. I said, we have a ton of talent. You guys don't understand that. And they thought I just wanted to have more kids to have fun and not be competitive. And so one of our guys said, yeah, Tomko just, he just is all about fun. That's it. And my one friend looked at him and said, are you kidding me? He's like, that guy played major league baseball for 16 years. There's no one more competitive in this whole league than that guy. <laughs> and if you, if you don't think he's competitive, you're definitely underestimating him. And I tell all the parents in the league, listen, we're going to do stuff. There is no one more competitive in this league than Jeff and I. We want to crush souls. That's how, like, yeah. every game I go out there, I want to demolish teams. But that will never supersede developing your kid and putting your kids in the right situations. Because if I take Johnny and I move him from here to here or change something in his stance, it's for his development. And it's not yeah. for his development just here. It's for his development, high school or college or beyond that. I'm thinking that because it's going to help him here. And I know that's not what Joe Schmo's teaching him over there. And that's fine. And I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm saying I have something I, uh... to add here just because of what I've done for 20 years or my whole life that I yeah. see could help him. And it may, it may be one little thing. But I, I, I let the, the parents know right off the bat, like, listen, we have a process. Please trust the process and your kids will walk out of this. Better people, better players, better teammates, because we want that. We, we yeah. preach that. And, and winning and losing, I said, deep down in my soul, it matters. But oh, it not, that's not, why you're playing sports. That's why not, you're playing it's sports. It's not the important thing, because I know if I teach the other things, that will take care of itself. We will win games if we. Well, do I think we, in our if process, you do it right, if it's the right, that, right. Right is right. 
Right. You know? But if we, if, like you said, if I teach these kids to walk out there and they have the confidence every, and there's this kid blowing gas, dude, these kids that I got are 11 year olds have never seen, they, they don't play travel. I have two travel ball kids on my team. These kids are playing minor a, which was like moon balls two years ago because of COVID, yeah. just a whole year. They're facing these kids throwing gas. They've never seen it, but we're so much on approach that we're taking that element away, that velocity element away, because we're teaching hitting approach and what to do. So you could, it doesn't matter if a kid's throwing slow or fast. We're teaching Just them the approach. Start early, go slower. Right. That's all. And it, yeah, and, that's... It's, and it's worked out. And knock on wood, like it's been a it's been a great season. Win or lose, we happen to be doing good. But it's these kids are getting better. It's so much fun to see. Jeff and I probably t- take it way too serious. We're texting each other at midnight about who we're starting and who we're following up, which is fun for us because we're not in the game. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. like, we, we figure we, you know, knowing us, if we put the kids in certain position, we're going to have a good chance to win because we're not going to have holes and, and, and weak spots because we're just kind of figuring out how we can do this. And any way you slice it, winning's fun. And if we can put these in situations where they can win, they're going to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we're my youngest one, Bentley. He's now he's seven. We're playing on eight U team, uh, and uh, he's my last one. And it's funny because he's now the younger brother of the two older ones. So now he's playing up where Brody was playing up and very good and keeping up with older kids just fine. But now Bentley having older brothers and then being it's and he's big and he's it's it's a little different. <laughs> now because now he's the tall one he's the one throwing hard Brody was just was small but good hand-eye coordination but it's uh it's funny to see how even between Brody even to Bentley how travel ball little league and the ecosystem of this you know youth sports has, has changed already and and where it's gonna go I mean I know you're still in the little league system. Yeah, we're we're little, little league's like non-existent here now. Yeah, we're we're. I just had a conversation with one of the travel ball coaches, who's a buddy of mine. Of like, at some point, I, we got to dip our toe in the water because Ty's 11, um, and and he's a good little player. But you can see the travel ball kids get more reps. They get more reps. They're a little bit more refined. And Ty's just a good little athlete, and he's because I'm able to work with him, you know, till 10 o'clock at night in the cage if he wants to grind. He's, he's keeping up, but at some point I got to throw him in that where he's getting more reps. He's getting more at bats. He's getting more game speed stuff. And it's, I think he's at the point going into his 12 year old year where it's, it's almost time. I've, I've been reluctant. I, think about- tw- I feel like, I think when, when I think it at 12 and 13, um, cause I, we do travel ball with Bentley, but we're probably, four or five tournaments less than everybody else. And I, and that's the, the <laughs> you know? coach that I'm talking to. It's it. They're not, cause we have all sorts of. And we're both. And we're in, in my team, we're multiple sports. I yeah. encourage, I got a hockey player. I got, I mean, at eight, even, yeah. you know, we got basketball, like you go play, like you better go play. And, and even some of the parents were like, really, we can go play other sports. I'm like, um, child's eight. Yeah. Yes, you better go play a sport. And I yeah, think that's why I mean, the black eye for the travel ball for me for me. I like the more competitive. And if you're if you're not mature enough as a parent to say, Johnny's done, coach. Yeah. Like that's my child's arm. Yeah. How much do you pay him? No. If I it's the, the fact that I had to step in and a parent and tell you no, I don't care if it's 
one pitch over what we discussed between parents. And as a parent, you should be talking, especially I think at eight, nine, ten, in that danger area where people are doing that now. I think that's the responsibility of parents. They need to. Yeah, and if I, coach, I if the coach to, is gonna suck, yeah. stand up, go See, say and, something. And we, I have relationships with all travel ball coaches here. So the travel ball kids I get, there's always a phone call and say, "Hey, what yeah. have you been working on with John? What have you been working on with Ty? You know, let's get on the same page so we we can develop this kid and we keep communication about if he throws and and. I always try to draft this. I mean, I'm always thinking, I'm always trying to draft a certain type of travel, one travel ball um, specifically because I know that coach and during the season, they back off those kids and make, they let those kids have little league as a priority. So they don't pitch them as much, or if they pitch, they don't worry about them. So they're not wearing out. But if I had a kid that pitched in a game on Saturday, he threw an inning on Sunday. So he pitched back to back days and I had a game on Tuesday and I'm like, gosh, that kid just threw like back-to-back days one day off. So I stayed away from him yesterday. And yeah. I had him as a backup if I needed him, like maybe for an inning, but I was going to start him. But I just, I'm like, I can't do this to this 12-year-old yeah. you know, that just threw 60 pitches in two days with a day off. Like, Yeah, it's, it's, it happens so much now. And, and you know that there's not, there's not methodically – thought out process like no, you know, how many pitches no, no. the day before yeah i know i remember when i threw and and then they pulled me out of the bullpen and i felt like i was hanging let alone at 12 but most of the most of the coaches are just like they're kids they can do that and it's like yeah. well, no, they're I mean, fine it's, it's different that kid's playing shortstop or catcher too so he's throwing a billion times like i'm conscious yeah. of all that because i i don't want to see anybody get hurt you sports is tough yeah. it's a tough landscape right now with everything especially with covid hit because covid hit and little league shut down all these mm-hmm. kids jumped into travel ball. We didn't. We we thought about it, but you know, we didn't. Even Jeff and I thought about. It. We thought about starting our own, just our own travel ball team, just one squad, just, and then just conduct it the same way. Yeah, and 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 even through the one, it's called Crush here. They even said we could do that and use their name, and they would set all the stuff up, and we could just control our team the way we wanted to control it. And we thought about that too, but it's all, it's all uncharted ter- territory. So maybe crazy, there'll be a right? call off this where it's like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, I just, yeah, it, I, I, yeah, I dove into the travel. Um, yeah. I got some stuff crackalacking with a perfect game. No, uh, trying to get them out here. And then, uh, so there's some Western United States stuff. So yeah, we do need to yeah. talk, <laughs> talk sure. when we get off of this. Uh, but uh, just cause I feel like, Utah's – I got a chip on my shoulder being from Utah, right? <laughs> and, and how many athletes we have here and the lack of facilities. And and when the COVID and everything hit, we kind of – especially California, like we became the hub for them. And I think yeah. they realized, oh, man, we're some pretty good baseball out here. But we got the consistency of a lot of Arizona, California teams. And it kind of – I think it – even jump started more baseball around in Utah area where it's, it was good because of the travel ball right. scene, you know, getting that right. good quality baseball because they'll travel a little more. And I think that's that helped through COVID because people were willing to travel and, and, and come to Utah to play. So it, we had a lot of good California teams, even some uh, East coast. There's this team called uh, the Canes. Brett. Uh, they're good. The greatest athletes I've ever seen. I just saw, 12 first rounders really <laughs> dude it was unbelievable <laughs> they had this uh little black kid playing short his hamstrings looked like 
a 30 year old. Amazing. And I don't know if that's unbelievable. It's like, and that's where I keep going. I'm like, I don't know if these it's because these kids are playing year round that they're getting this much better or if, or if they're good athletes. See one of the guys that runs one of the teams out here is like, listen, just because he plays travel ball doesn't mean he's going to be better. Those, those, those kids are going to be good no matter where they play or when they start or whatever. They're just good athletes. It's not the, mm-hmm. it's not always the travel ball that's making them better. Is it making them a little bit more refined? Of course, or baseball IQ, of course, because they're getting more games. And that's what I keep trying to tell the people that are reluctant to jump in. Like if your kid's good, he's good. He's good at little mm-hmm. league. He's going to be good in travel ball. He may like, but I think there's, there's still, there's a culture thing of oh, um, a huge culture. I'm not giving into that. I'm sticking with literally cause I'm old school. Well, that's me. A there's part of, Oh, yeah. I was, Oh, I know you're like that. Cause we've talked about that. Cause that's what I tried to revive when I came back and I had to be like, that's not where our baseball is going. And I don't think it's, it's, it's the best thing. Cause yeah. I think to create more baseball is you create more because soccer has it figured out. They have it tiered from top all the way down to rec where it's that they use the competitiveness is that's what you're doing. That wanting to compete and not go 30 and zero. you know, you don't need like the highest level, all, you know, little league team smashing the rest of the four teams, you know what I mean? Or, or a travel team doing the same thing inside a city league team. It's, it's yeah. soccer is good because they have it. And if you have city league working with cities doing that and then doing an integrated program to once you're, there are some of those teams that are doing that. And then you're going to get more attention from these and more likelihood because to feed this top end of the little league program, because that's kind of, that's what the soccer program is. I mean, it's yeah. evidence-based of that's how they got engagement from bottom all the way top where it's like a, they had, they started the gold, silver, you know, right, right, bronze right. levels, you know, where they were able to do that from ground up city league all the way up. And I think that's it's just a better way to create better athletes through. Cause then you're constantly competing and pushing your team. Cause then, you know, you can graduate up to the next one and so on yeah. and so forth. I, I think I just worry about <laughs> this is me the parents and how crazy they are. I just, I think that's going to get under my skin, which I, I'm going to have to jump into it anyways and deal with it. Dude, it's, it's, it's a given. It's, it's a given real. in little league. That's the thing. That, that's what I think I've realized, especially as you get higher in little league and it gets a little bit more competitive. We just had a coach in the other league, our, our like sister league get ejected in a game last night. Like, and it's like, dude, they're 11 and 12. Like nothing's going to get that's, we, too riled we, up to get ejected. I don't think. Oh, dude. Gary may get ejected, but maybe not me. Dude, travel ball gets insane. Dude, coaches and parents, and they're not ready. It's another level. I'm not ready for it. I find find it fascinating. (laughs) I find it fascinating because really what they're doing when they're creating these stress scenarios, like what you said with your son, there's kids that are just like your son. And your son's getting zero pressure. So you go into that arena and then for some reason jackass down at third base it's okay for him to scream and belittle the son all of a sudden the parents are fine with it it's yeah, a really so weird and, really, I, and i and that's what interests me because i that's some of the stuff that i want to change where you know the conversation the kids are different these days or the parents these days dude or dude the coaches these days just don't care as much I, I hear it from all three of them. I hear it, and I know you do. You hear all three of these things. It's not the same as when you play. No, it's not. 
But I know there's See, I think, one I think, standard. There's I one standard I, is, what is, 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 is that you still have to go out there and do the work. And then you still have to go out there and perform and be consistent. And if you have someone derailing you, who's your manager screaming at you, it's going to yeah. derail you. It's going to yeah. be hard. And see, and I think it's, I think it comes down to the coach. No matter what level. <laughs> I think it comes down because I have, I have a couple travel ball kids that I had to pull aside early in the season. I said, listen, same thing. Kid made an error, throw your hands up, get mad. You're talking smack in the dugout. I pull him out of the dugout. I said, listen, I can't have that because you know what? Because you play a lot more baseball than this kid and he's trying his hardest. You should be See, the one. That, that's normal in his ecosystem. Know, but I'm, so I'm it's trying, weird. I'm trying to change that because you and I know that that kid would be better if he becomes a leader out there and he's the kid, which he has done. The two kids that I'm talking about, which have done, they've turned. He just in a game, Ty made an error at second base came in the dugout and he's like, that's all right, Ty, get him next time. Take that, take that frustration up to the plate. Let's go. Like, and I was like, he's getting it. He's getting it. He's getting like, instead of, of being that kid that's going to throw your arms out. Cause you know, we were taught never to show emotion, never mm -hmm. show your, never show your teammates up. If I did that on the mound, Ugh. I was grown men. There's going to be a confrontation. Mike Matheny, I came off the mound in Arizona and I was mad about something. And I started like, you know, cursing in my glove and walking off the field. He thought I was mad at him and uh. cursing at him. He followed me down into the, like, I went down the stairs, going to the clubhouse. He slammed the door. Like he looked like he wanted to kill me. And like, because he thought I was showing him up on the field. And you know, yeah, he's yeah. a, a madman. Wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. And mild manner. But when he gets pissed, like watch Oops. out. But Snaps like, I'm trying, to, I'm, I'm trying to teach these kids like, Hey, be that supportive kid, be that leader, be, because you know, you want the Jeters, you want those guys, the, the guys that make their team. All I'm about is like those kids, you want to make your team better. Mm -hmm. You want to make the players around you better because that's when those kids that are really good, that's what makes them even better. I think, yeah. They, well, that when what makes them those unicorns is they are those kids <clears throat> and where they may be cockier confident it ends up being humility and leadership and right. i'm okay and with a little bit of, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm okay with a ton of confidence yeah, you have all the con yeah. there's cockiness there's a fine line because all the great players they got a little tick of it's it, that's that's convinced that's just convinced that they're they're that good a little swagger <laughs> yeah a little swagger a little you know you puff your chest out a little bit i'm okay with that when it becomes with I tell all my players too, even when we're winning games, like when we're winning games and when you're at school, if somebody says, Oh, you guys got lucky. Just, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Maybe like you don't need to tell teams you're good. You don't need to tell other players that you're good. Cause if you're good, they know you're good. The kids yeah. that are like having to like promote that. Those are the kids that have a little bit of insecurity and they feel like they need to tell these people how great they are. Dude, the good players that we played with, besides a few exceptions when they were the <laughs> superstars you knew they were superstars they didn't have to tell anybody that was true yeah yeah i had yeah, to tell yeah, all I, sorts I, of people i was good just to keep a job yeah, me too that's what that's <laughs> how we both hung out in the same way <laughs> so funny man. Uh, what um what would you think uh was we talked about uh with jason Grilly. we talked about mountain visits we even talked about uh doing a show with he and i like a segment where we do a mountain visit where he and I call a random old teammate or just somebody we know in the game and just you know, do this. 
do yeah. this chat, right? Call it a mound visit. What would you consider a good mound visit, baseball wise, when um, you're on the mound? So maybe stuff that we did, or things that I did, or would, or, or like catchers that, or like that. I really like the, the funny thing is now that you say it, the first thing that it makes me think about what we're just talking about. I usually like the mound visit that could get me out of my head what was going mm -hmm. on because you know when things go bad everything's going on you're spinning like this run around second my era is four two if that guy scores it's four or five it's you're thinking all these things and a great mound visit for me is you come out there and you snap me right out of that whatever it is it's like hey we're gonna go grab a drink after the game like where it's like all of a sudden i'm just like what like and now i'm not thinking about all those things yep. i'm focused on you where you can now get me locked back into that 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 zone or that comfort space that i need to make this next pitch those i thought were the best mount. however it needed to be done whether i've had some catchers come out there and start cursing at me because you know we had a good per and i tell all my catchers if we have a good personal relationship if if a catcher that i wasn't a good friend with came out there and started cursing at me we might fight on the mound but yeah. if you come out there and you'd be like what the hell's going on get your shit together like I'm okay with that because your my best interest is in your mind. Yeah. And whatever it needs to get me locked back in, that's what I thought was a good mound visit. It didn't See, matter it, what the content was or what it was about. If you could get me out of spinning around the stadium, that was a good mound visit. Yeah, and and I think that's remember earlier when I was talking about like I could feel, I could feel your anxiety. I could feel. Right. And I think that's a catch, a catcher skill. Good catchers uh, pick up on that, you know, yeah. where Mothini was watching and that's what his doing. Sometimes it you know, gets misled. You may not do it, but you're watching, constantly watching body language, reading it and doing those body things as a catcher. Sure. Yeah. And so if you're, if you can be a catcher that gets a pitcher to project, I mean, that's everybody's reality and you get him to per project confidence in his pitches and things you know, that's, to me, that's a good mound visit. So, so what you're saying, what I would try to do is one, snap you out, defibrillate, just like with okay. your, limit your thoughts about what we doing and what we want. That was my main objective. However, that was, as I was walking up there, I'm, you know, Zach Greinke coming and pat him on the butt usually, or reading the situation or you or Harvey, if I need to step on your spike, like yeah. you got, do I got your attention. Like, <laughs> I'm tired of squatting. Let's go. You know, whatever yeah. I said, uh, you know, and I think those were, that was the purpose. So for you to specifically nail that out, right. It's like we scripted it, but I think, <laughs> I, I think I knew what it was just because knowing what, what to get the most out of it. It's not always what's said. It's yeah. not always what's said. Cause it's really <laughs> not. I've had mound visits. Like I said, Paul Bacco, um, it's a good one. Paul Bacco had one of the best mound visits ever. I was in double A and I had given up like three runs. I had a few guys on there and, and he walks out and he's like, he's laughing. And I'm thinking like, dude, it's not time to laugh. And he goes, are you serious? And I go, what? He's, I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, are you serious with the shit you're throwing up right there or the shit you're throwing up there right now? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, if you keep throwing that shit up there, you're going to be out of here in like a batter. So you better get your shit together and figure it out. Like, and it was enough to like, take me back for a second. And like, it, but he was like laughing about it. And yeah. it made me kind of laugh. Like, you're right, dude. Like I'm not in it right now. And so we had a good laugh out, even though I'm getting my ass kicked right now. Yeah, yeah. Back in. 
<clears throat> I've had all, I've had all sorts of random stuff like that, which is. Well, I think that's good insight on how Paul read the snare. Cause I know Paul, he'll, he'll jump your ass with the best of them. Oh, for serious. But he laughed and he just, he made it light. Like, dude, it's what you needed you, at that moment. That's a good, with, that's a good catcher. It's a good noun visit. Are you serious with the shit you're throwing up there? Because it's <laughs> horrible right now. And it was enough to be like, how dare my catcher come <laughs> up and say my stuff's horrible. But it was enough to make me like laugh and go, all right, you're right. I got to get locked in. Let's go. Like, and, yeah. and it, 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 it's not always what's said. It, it's how it's delivered, it, timing. It's, it's the intent. His intent is to almost kind of like smack you in the face. Yeah. What are you thinking? Whether it's like what? Yeah. at me and curse at me or make fun of me, like whatever you think that pitcher needs at that time and the relationship you have with that pitcher. If he did that with another pitcher, if he walked up to Clemens and did that, he might get punched in the face. Yeah, exactly. But you got to know, you got to know your audience. I think catch, I mean, the catcher, being a catcher is the hardest thing. You got to know 12 different personalities, how to poke and prod them, pull the strings to get the most out of them. Yeah. Every time, you know, yeah. it's, it's an, I don't think catchers, catchers are like, you know, they're quarterbacks of a baseball team when it comes down to it. Yeah. Yeah. Not to give you guys I, that much I, fun. I, but. Oh, you should, you should. <laughs> Gosh, damn it. You should probably give us more than what you, what you should do is give us some of that salary when you guys are just sitting there, watch us catch oh, for dude, the rest of the week. Salaries, with your, man. God, don't talk about salaries nowadays. What do you got? What do you got on Bauer? Uh, you know yeah. what okay this is what i i know trevor i i was i, I think there's I, more to it than just pitching though and i think he's smart for it i mean i think he, he got he got more not just because he was a pitcher i think well if you took it at state's got like a mid-year it's four and a half era career-wise i know like, that was I like know. me i didn't get no 250 million dollars so you weren't you weren't engaging the social media aspect. Well, and that's I think I think that's where like you said that the landscape of baseball has changed. The landscape of players have changed. There's more self promotion. There's more social media. It's genius what he's doing. Love him yeah. or hate him. Like and I and I hung out with Trevor a lot. I went I signed in Arizona. I got sent to AAA. They they asked me to hang out with him and hang out <laughs> with him in the dugout and like because at that point in Arizona they were like they don't they didn't know what to do with this kid. And he's an interesting guy. He's not a bad guy. He's really not when you like when you hang out, he's not a bad guy. He's got some thought process that that I think is bizarre and I don't completely agree with, but he's actually pretty smart considering what he's doing. You can yeah. promote I mean it's one of those good press is bad press, bad press is good press. However you want to do it, he's 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 working it. Because he's he's made himself. Everyone knows who he is. He's gone to the bank a few times now, hasn't For he? Sure. And <laughs> and take that too. He's a good pitcher. He's got yes. great stuff. Is he worth? Is he the highest paid player or pitcher in baseball? I don't think so. But yeah, I don't think so. He's he's worked the system. That should be a catcher. That should be a catcher. And he struck it. Yeah, exactly. And he struck at the right time. You know, it, it was yeah. the time in baseball. He was the guy. It was a free agent. He came off a Cy Young in a COVID year, which he had a great year. But he's a career, you know, mid low to mid four pitcher for whatever yeah. reason. But he's got electric stuff. You can't put that by him. And when he goes no. out there, he's got a bravado about him that either is going to. He's, he's 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 very he's very he's very meticulous about his game plans. He he has a, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, He's oh, smart. for sure, for sure. And so all the all, all this all the spin rate stuff and all that biokinetic stuff he does that's that's from Utah, from 
a bobcat, you, you know, all claim, this. You can, listen, you can't claim everything that happens good in baseball comes from Utah. You can't claim but, it. When I, mean, it you can't, I mean, you can try, but I feel like say, it's did launch, I'm, I'm, launch angle came from Utah and no, no, no. The uh, measurements, measurements. Okay. So you know, you know how you know the stick figure things that was on ESPN, the bio yeah. me- mechanics things. So his name is uh, uh, Bob Kais. So he started Utah Baseball Academy, okay. and he he with Tom House started all this measurement. I I think it's more his than Tom. I think they were even in a lawsuit. Those two. Maybe maybe but, maybe Tom just started using this stuff. What is that? So I think it's up for debate on who. Oh, and Jordan, because he's from around this school of baseball. It's up for debate of whose it is. But if you hear Bob at the ABCAs, he's him owning it. I got to watch as Tony Gwynn, Nolan Ryan, Griffey, like Olerud would send in these tapes, and I would get to see this tape of them hitting, and then him get to break down. So all these. All these knobs and all these swings, launch angles, speed, all those measurement devices. He's the only one that actually has the right algorithm because it's all yeah. the way that they're viewed and the measurement. So what he does is he goes out and puts this. I don't know if I should tell the answer. That I probably shouldn't. It's Bob. He puts this device at home plate. Let's just say this, right? He films it and then is able to, to calculate the measurements from that. So it gives it exact from yeah. every dimension on the measurements of exact where a lot of those things are spaced. You don't know because of the ball, the trajectory, but he has cameras where it gets it all measures. it. So yeah. I, mean, yeah, I, I am going to claim that. Oh, I think, uh, I think, you know, Duckworth, right? Brandon yeah. Duckworth. Yeah, so he Duckworth. got, so he got Bob in there with all the bioconnects for all the analytics for the whole scouting system. So I think everybody that goes through now is actually ran through his most majority of the teams. The guys are getting scouts. So it, it kind of – so they'll put a Brett Tomko and then whoever you – Nolan Ryan probably. Right. And, and, All from Utah. And, I love it. And he and he can calculate down to around the time you're going to get injured. How about that? Just that, from the measure. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, that, that didn't work with Pryor because Pryor was a house guy. So Pryor, Yeah. Pryor was a house guy that ended up chain, doing something with that. And then that's when the whole – that's when they were like breaking up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, house got, house is like the football guy now. He's like the quarterback guy now. Uh, house will be whatever sells <laughs> that week. Let's but, be and honest. And, and, He'll carry around with his little braceket and his Japanese glove, and then come up with some sort of mechanics. And George's yeah. laughing because I'm right. <laughs> and all that stuff's good. I mean, like Bauer's using it for his advantage, and it, and it's great. And I'm I was kind of against all that stuff right off the uh, bat when it was all this analytics because it was like, ah, oh, we didn't need all that stuff back in the Stone Age and all that stuff. But if you really break it down, I mean, you, you can, can measure it. It's a tool. You can get instant results. So instead of in a bullpen, me throwing 70 pitches and trying to work on my cutter and trying to go, oh, that feel it out. That feel felt it a little out. bit better. How was the break? Oh, it was a little bit tighter. You, you have out all, if you could throw it and be like, ah, it spun like this. That was horrible. Change your grip, which I think is great now. I, where I, where I have an issue with some of the analytics and I had thought about doing this when I was playing is when the guys take their hat off and they have the whole scouting report in their hat. I had thought about doing that when I was playing, because there were times where, you know, we go over all this stuff before the game and then you get in the game and sometimes your head just starts spinning 
And it's like, I can't remember what we're supposed to start this guy with and how we're they're, him. in their meetings. They all get a car now. I know. And that you put it in your pocket or in your hat. Remember CC Sabathia yeah. off and he couldn't find it and it was on the ground. Yeah, I thought yeah. about doing that when I was playing. I'm like, but dude, people are going to go, you can't have a scouting report in your hat, but now it's like common. It's not, it's now, you, now you'll see guys like step off the mound, look at it and then go back. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, it's, it's using your resources. I think that's a little bit, a little bit over a little eyewash. It's a little eyewash. A little bit. I mean, I, I relied on you guys. I was a big hey catcher. when that front when that front office guy comes and tells you, hey, we got the positioning on you. You're gonna look at that, you're gonna look at that and then say, Hey, See, I was I was a guy too that come on wise is was about conviction. Like it may yeah. be the wrong pitch, but if you throw it with conviction and you throw I was always and you may disagree with me or not, but I was always if you throw any pitch at any time in the right spot, it's going to be a good pitch. Like for the way, way, way better than the pitch. Like, all right, John's usually right. He called the break. Maybe I'll throw a break. Maybe. Oh, it's hung. Cause Instead most of, like, of the time when I got my ass kicked, it wasn't because of the pitch I threw. It was the location. I threw a curveball because you weren't it. sold out or right. you weren't sold out. I threw, out a, I threw a curveball and I hung it. If I would have thrown it back door and clipped that back corner, it would have been a perfect pitch. So you can't say, uh, I try to never second guess myself and go, oh, I should have thrown a fastball. There's obvious cases where, you know, and I teach the young kids, the kids that I'm coaching now, if you throw two fastballs right by somebody and they swing when it's in the catcher's glove, don't throw him a curveball because you're throwing it right into his bat. So you throw him a fastball, he's going to miss it. Like that's easy to second guess. But when you get a little bit higher, you know, and it, same thing, if you blow fastballs by a guy, yeah, you overpower him and you throw him a curveball, you gave him a chance. But for the most part, I never try to second guess because if I did throw that curveball and put it in a good spot or buried it where I needed to be, it wasn't the wrong pitch. It yeah. was a good pitch. I just put it in the wrong location. That was so that how, made it easier for me to yeah. see that night at least. Well, well then you're then it's simple because you're controlling you. Yeah. Regardless, regardless who's in the box. And then you insert hitter. And then that may change. How, how, would, how would you evaluate hitters or scout hitters? I, I wanted to know hot and cold. That was the big thing. I, I, yeah, really I did too. Like knowing. I want to know if a guy was hot over the last couple of weeks or if he's cold. Because you can get the best hitter in the game. And if he's cold, he's cold. Like mm -hmm. you make your pitches, you get him out. I wanted to know. I had my cutter. I mean, later, later on in my career, I, had my cu I, I, I boxed my slider because my cutter was better. My cutter and my curveball, I wanted to know which was better if a guy hit cutters better or curveballs? Cause my, my cutter was kind of like a slider. I should put that out there. But so if he, if his bat plane, I Brad hop, for example, his bat plane was on a changeup bat plane. It, it yeah. yeah. Left center. Me, yeah. Matched up with my changeup. So I never threw him a changeup because I knew if I left it there, his bat stayed on that plane longer than anything. And he was going to hit that. So I was better off throwing him a curveball right down the middle because it was just, it was harder for him to square that up. I wanted to look at bat planes. I wanted hot and cold. I want to know who was aggressive early in the count pitch, actual pitches. So you're, so you're looking at their repetitive bat plane where they finished. Okay. For sure. That's and that's, and that's when I teach the kids now, like I, I can look at a kid's swing and know what he can and can't hit just by the way his bat comes through the zone, because that's just kind of how I always. Hey, that's a, when I, whenever I'm doing lessons, my, my little phrase is like, like I'll tell kids, you're, you were looking to try to do this. And they kind of look at me puzzled, like, when the heck did you know yeah. that? You, know? you can tell by the way like, the bat comes through the zone. I was like, do you see, you see my average? It, 
that's how I stayed in the league. I was, I was like 210 hitter, bro. 220 yeah. hitter. It was because I could call games and see that. It wasn't that I could hit. It's and I, I could and see I, what your body's doing. Well, and that's and that's like when I, I give lessons to people. And, I, and you'll hear it all the time where well, you're a pitcher. Yeah, but I made a living in looking at people's swings and go, he swings like this. He can't hit this pitch. So yeah. now as a, as a coach, I can change his swing because I know he's going to struggle with that. And this, the way, if you swing the bat like this, you're going to be more successful for this reason. So yeah. it's like, I try to use what knowledge, and I'm not saying I was a great, I was, I was a decent hitter. I was, uh, you know, I could swing, I could make adjustments, but I can teach a kid how to hit because I, yeah. I a right and a wrong swing. It was funny because I had a, a, there was a parent that I was, I gave him hitting lessons and he was going to do something for, he's like, it's just not locked in with pitching. It was just like, I need to find a good pitching. I was like, you don't need a pitch yet. Like, come, I'll right. look at it. And he goes, well, did you pitch? I'm like, no, but I've, last 40 years I've been looking at these idiots. Right. And it was my job to get them right. Maybe I can work with your son. Maybe see something. I don't know. The funny thing <laughs> but is, it, is I, go ahead. His, I think the dad's mind was like, well, oh, I never thought of that. I was like, well, that's what I – part of my job was to help coach I know – how long Brett's shoulder. That's part of my job. Not just knowing what pitch, but what are his mechanical things right. that I know that Brett likes to it's be triggered con- by? It's the same concept. And I, I throw a lot of BP to the kids leading up mm-hmm. to the season because I can see the adjustments they need to make from that angle because I'm used mm-hmm. to that angle. If I'm on the side, sometimes I have a hard time because even I even had my brother yesterday when my kid came up the bat, I said, go behind home plate and see where he's standing in the box and seeing how his bat's coming through the zone because I can't see that from the side. If I'm throwing BP to him, I see it perfectly because that's how yeah, when I would front do on, a scouting yeah. report back in the day when you had to hit play and Start rewind and yeah. put the VC, the VHS and, and you, you, that's, that was the camera angle you had. You had the pitcher's point of view and that's how I would scout people is from that angle. So I throw a lot of BP huh, to the kids. So I can yeah. see how they swing from that angle because that's how I can see what's flawed in their swing. That's that's interesting. But it's that's the same cool. concept with you. You used to yeah. see the pitchers throw to you and, yep. and see it that way. So same thing. Even when I work with pitchers, I would rather get behind home plate and catch them because I can see it better than standing next to them, their mechanics. Or something. Yeah. It just makes yeah, me- it's funny, funny. All your pitching coaches stood right behind you. Or no, right. but I, for some reason, <laughs> I, I I can pick up more stuff by catching. Yeah, I feel I feel like I can too. I mean, I'm, well, you should you should like you said you. I mean, yeah. you you had. Well, I didn't a, think I didn't think of why, but yeah, that makes here obviously again. This is why a catcher sense, should be. Right? This is why a catcher should be the highest paid person. It's got to be well, a psychologist. God, I love you. It's got to be a pitching coach <laughs> and a psychologist. He's got to do all that stuff. Yeah, you know, you got to, you got to be there. And then as, the uh, but a, but I mean, the pitchers they got to they got to wake up every fifth day with pressure on one day. A lot every of pressure. Day, a lot of pressure from one day, and then listen, just throw, the pit- throw whatever I tell you, and then go rest for the rest of. You're right. Probably play golf in there. I have a little spa, have have a little recovery spa day. I know that's kind of a thing with the wife of whatever city you're at. You guys both wake up and because you know you can have a massage in the morning because you're not doing anything the day after you pitch. You're probably other than no, watching. No, that was the hardest day. Probably watch. Hardest work. Oh that was yeah, the hardest work day. Yeah, day sit on day. another W for another 
no, four days. Yeah, yeah it's terrible. I, mean, I had stretches where I didn't win game for like two months, and it was like yeah, the I, worst two months. I, that ever. I know is true because we were on the Royals <laughs> together. <laughs> I was a part of that. I was like one in six. I hadn't won like in in two and a half months. I'm like, this is the worst. I'm the worst pitcher ever, and it's yeah. like. It was. It, it's not like a hitter where you go zero for four and then you come back and you get a couple hits and exit. If you lose, you got five days to sit and think. Yeah, about that would that would be tough. That That's would, the that, toughest part. What do you do to try to get derail out of that? Would you consciously do things to get out of that? I I didn't do a good job at it. Whatever it was. <laughs> really? How much? How much do you think? How many games? If you if you had a process, like now now this is the what ifs. This is yeah. what ifs. If I would have just been things that I'm preaching, say I knew them, but what if I really applied it? What if I had a real stopper? Brett had a real stopper that you got yourself on a mental routine. How many, how many better starts would you have had? A lot. I, I'm, I'm amazed. And I think that's what separates what I did where I was, you know, 10 wins, 11 wins, 12 wins from those guys that won 16, 17, 18, 20 games every single year. They uh, could they had, they could get out of, they could let things not linger. The short memory. I mean, they would throw a ball. It would happen. And be. And I I try to tell that to my kids. Now you got to have a short memory. You really do from at bat to bat to pitch to pitch. I had a hard time. I was that guy that took it home. That wouldn't sleep. That would replay pitches. See that the the people, when they asked me like, what do you, what do you, what's it? What is the difference between those superstars? And I remember, and the thing that I always use, Steph Curry, how he articulates when he shoots the ball at game winning shot, it leaves my finger. I know whether it's in or not before everybody, like, I let it go. Yeah. You let a pitch go. You know, you feel when a good's going to get, whatever. As soon as that leaves his hand, it's the thought, there's that moment, there's a thought like, okay, it didn't happen. I need to do this. That's where his, that's where his brain goes to. I need to make this adjustment. Yeah. And I'm doing that. Never, ever did it ever cross his mind. I'm not the guy to take the shot. I'm not the greatest in the world. Yeah. I'm the greatest in the world because his brain literally goes to the adjustment, not being critical or just matter of factly, I need to do this. I didn't do that. Well, and I, well, I think, I think it's that's special. That's special. It's weird. Oh, it's hard 100%. to do. And that's, I think that's, that's what separates the superstars. And, and I try to tell my kid, my kid, we were watching the game and he'd be like, Oh, that pitcher sucks. And I'm like, and I, like you're, if you're in the major leagues, you don't, we try to tell him like, dude, if you're in the big leagues, you don't suck. Okay. Like mm-hmm. everyone's good, but there's, you know, and I see that's, to- that's you, you and your wife's stint. Cause your wife is like, my wife is like, I'm a little scarred in hearing my husband yeah. being told he sucks. We're but little... <laughs> it's, it's what separates us because I think you're right. It's, it's able to make that adjustment like pitch to pitch and, and, and realize it and be the self-awareness. When I try to coach kids now, I try to make them aware of what they're doing so they can do that. They throw a pitch. I'll be like, what'd you feel right there? Yeah. You know, you know, they, they saw, it. I said, you should be able to see what your pitch does and re and go, if I, if I throw a curveball and I leave it up, you know, up and away or, 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 you know, cast it, you should be able to go by where it ended up, know what you're doing back here. And so yeah. I want them to be self-evaluators so they, they can make that adjustment quicker. So they're not waiting three, four five pitches to be like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So it's fun. I threw this fastball and it went up and into a right-hander. I probably pulled off with my front mm. shoulder. Like yeah. I want them to understand that. So in a lesson or whatever, they'll throw a pitch. I'd be like, all right, 
what, what happened right there? And I make them think. And I, I said, I don't care if it's right or wrong, but I yeah. want to think about it. Because yeah, eventually, see, you're going to start thinking the right thing. Well, they become aware of what their thought, just yeah, being aware awareness. of what their thought process is. That's that curry. Like, what is that process? What right. are you doing? Do you hit smoke 10 in the right center of the cage and all of a sudden you roll over and I suck? Yeah. Oh, that's, I'm the worst. That's my kid right now. That's my yeah. kid right now. And it's, he's 11. So I like, I try to cut him some slack. But being a dad, big, league, big leaguers that, do it. Yeah, big yeah, leaguers do it. And I try to explain. Oh, dude, we had that conversation last night. We were sitting in the cage after he grinded out for like forty minutes, and we sat down. And he was still bummed about the game because he went zero for two. And I'm like, dude, listen, baseball is hard. Like it's really <laughs> hard. Hitting a baseball is really hard. And I said, and you're gonna ride the wave. You're you're you ride a wave. You have peaks and valleys. You just want the waves to be like this. You don't yep. want the waves to be like this. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. We're right here. Yep. We're right here. We want to be just like this, where you have a bad game. Ah, it's all right. Next game's good. But when it starts getting big and your emotions start getting big, it's hard it's to come out tough. of it. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, so, and, that's, and I think that's, that's the, the secret sauce. I think like what you said. And it sounds it, so simple. It sounds it really simple. It's not. It, it's not. And I, that's what I try to – I want to – I think that's – and I think you can attest, like, if I could change one thing throughout my big league career, I wish I would have just simplified things a lot more. Mm-hmm. Made things as simple as possible. Because I think, I think we can overanalyze stuff. And with the analytics, I think all that information is out there, whether you take it or not. But I wish I would have just tightened it up a little bit and made mm-hmm. it a little bit more where it's like, I'm not thinking about stuff. I called it chasing my tail. Yeah, you're worried about more where you're going. Chasing my tail and go, I got to fix this when that wasn't even the problem. Now I created more problems. And now all of a sudden, I'm just sitting there spinning. And I wish I would have just, and I I learned this late in my career as a pitcher. And I tell a lot of kids this too, mechanically, when I couldn't figure it out, is my arm late? Am I drifting? Am I, you know, is is my leg kick, you know, too? Am I spinning too much? A lot of times, and the older I got, if I just thought about the results, if I thought about, I need to get this fastball down in the zone, whatever I need to do, this fastball needs to be down. And if I throw it down, it usually fixed all this. Uh-huh. Because to get that ball down, I had to get my arm up. I had to be on time. I had to keep that front shoulder in to drive that right between your legs, you yeah. know, mid shin high. And that usually fixed all my mechanics. Instead of thinking, am I breaking too late? Am I... Because a lot of times, like that stuff is so minute, but if I drive that ball down, it fixed everything. And I realized that way late in my career, which if I would have been in my 20s and figured that out, I was such a better pitcher when I was like 35 to 40 in terms yeah. of I knew what my, my limitations were. I knew what I was capable of. I, I knew how to get myself, my mechanics back. If I would have known that in my 20s, I would when have your been body that, felt good. When your yeah. body felt good. <laughs> when, yeah, I would have been that pitcher. I think I would have been that pitcher that won 15, 16, 17 games every single year. Because Agreed. my stuff was a little bit more dynamic and I was unknown and a little bit, I mean, I still threw hard. I mean, I still threw nine, mid-90s when I was late in my career. But, you know, I think when you're young, you just have a little bit, there's a little more oomph on it for some reason. Yeah. And if yeah. I would have known all that stuff, I would have, I would have been a much better pitcher. And I think everybody falls into that. You, yeah. The older you get and the more experience you get, the more you learn, you go, gosh, if I would have just known this in my 20s, I would have been so right. much better. Yeah, and I, and I, think, I think that's why it's so much 
mental attention is getting credit now. Because guys like me and you are like, hey, we're all physical now. Yeah. And more, more than ever, I think people are like, this is making a big difference over here. And, and like what you said with your kids, the fact that they just feel like they're the best. Yeah. That's a huge advantage. And to get to teach – and, and my message, I guess, is more or less to spread to coaches like, I listen to how you articulate how you're trying to make them feel good. I'm trying to make them feel confident. And where we're putting our concentration, it's not yeah, whatever listen, everybody I, I, else is. I almost started tearing up one. We, we lost the game. We were up. We, we lost it. One of our only two losses. Um, we lost it in the sixth inning, bottom of the sixth inning. We made like three errors, like – didn't go the way we want. The kids were super upset and they're tearing up in the outfield and Jeff and I were walking over and, and, you know, was that one of the things, do we sit there and do we go, dude, we can't make those errors in the sixth inning. We can't, you know, you have to do this. You have to do that. I can't believe we did this. And it was like, you know, that's not what they need right now. They need like, we need to kind of, we guys are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I talked to them about like, you know, we believe in you. We believe in you more than any, we believe in you more than your parents. The only reason they beat us is because of this. We make the little things we, you know, we touched on what we did wrong and, you know, we pumped them up. And on the way home, my kid said, dad, he's like, this, this, this like really got me. And this is where I think coaching all comes. He goes, your, your talk in the meeting was great. Dad. He's like, when I left that field, I felt like a champion. That's and I awesome. was like, dude, that like, that's what I want. Oh yeah, dude. That's like, you. Well yeah. that's what I want. I, no matter what happens, I want those kids to walk away. No matter win, lose or draw, they feel like champions. And I'm not yeah. saying just sugarcoat stuff, no. but just like I you held them, them accountable. Yeah, absolutely. We like, I dropped the hammer and a couple, I had a mound meeting where I pulled everybody in like falling asleep. We we're getting beat by like nine runs. We we're getting crushed. First time they've ever been crushed. And yeah. I literally said, I don't care if we're getting beat by a hundred. I want a hundred percent effort. I cannot. Mm-hmm. I said, and I told the kids after the game, I said, listen, you'll make more mistakes at 70% than you will ever make at a hundred percent. You'll make that. more mental and physical mistakes, not giving your best effort than you at a hundred percent. And that's what happened. They were down. They felt bad. Mm-hmm. They're throwing the ball away because they're not engaged. And yeah. I, I, I don't want them. I want them to walk away from the game no matter if they won or lost, feeling good about themselves because they're, I'm going to get more out of them at practice and I'm going to get more out of them the next game. Yeah. And they're going to yeah, that, more. yeah. Well, and then they're going to come, they're going to come, you send them off wanting to come back. For sure. I mean, how, how many times do coaches send them off because they didn't win a game or something didn't go right on their own ego and they're sending 12 little boys away like, just oh, like, we, what am I doing here? We beat one <laughs> it happens team. so much. I felt bad. We beat one team. We mercy ruled them. And their coach was making them run sprints after the game. And it was just like, God, it's just sending such a bad message for me. I mean, I'm, I, know, I know this has turned into like a big youth sport thing. But like that, that made me feel so bad. Because these kids, like all of a sudden, we got beat. Now we're getting punished. Yeah. Like, well, let's constructively talk about what's going on and what we could have maybe, I don't want to say what we could have done better. What, what could we have done different? Yeah. Like, I don't want you to, I don't want to ever say like, you did that bad. Like, yeah. but we could do it different. We could work on this. Well, I, oh, I think that's, that's the old, like, it's like making a mindset to think differently, like objectively, like ball players, 
we don't have problems. We have challenges. Yeah. Like your mindset is optimistic. Like, no, I, like I, I, it's not that I have a problem with hitting curveballs. I have a challenge. Yeah. Like I'll do it. I'll hit it. And it's and mindset. With, it's, it's all mental. You know, this game's all mental. Like it really yeah. is. Especially when you get to the higher level, everybody's good. Everybody's throwing yeah. a billion miles an hour. Everybody can ball, hit the ball 450 feet for the most part. What separates those guys? It's all how, mindset. It how really, they deal with the failure. Ev- everybody sure. who, how are you going to suck? Everybody's going to suck. <laughs> right. But how you respond back from sucking. Gosh, has we, a just sucked more. we just sucked more than everyone. No, I'm just kidding. I feel like, that's why I remember, because uh, you know how I did a little bus skits, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember one that got a pretty good laugh because I, I tore into Albert and trout about like what the hell did they know they couldn't hit 220 230 in the show right. no chance you guys have been hitting 310 330 your whole lives you freaks i'm not a machine oh you just wake up out of the room hitting doubles and homers like trout like try right. hit try hitting 210 and catching in the show big well, and that's why i think that's why i mean not to say that these superstar like hall of famers aren't good coaches but those guys that have always been good, they, they didn't know. let they didn't let the other stuff in. The it just wasn't even there. When I got done playing, that was my big selling point. I, I got a couple job offers, but my big selling point when I went in and like interviewed for jobs was like, listen, there's nothing that a pitcher on that staff is going through that I haven't been through. I've pitched, <laughs> I've started opening days. I've been the fifth starter. I've been the swing guy. I've been a long guy. I've been a setup guy. I closed in AAA. I've done it all. I've been really good. I've been the best pitcher in baseball for a whole half. And I've been the worst pitcher in baseball for a whole half in the same year. I said, there's Ooh. nothing. Oh yeah. I remember that. That St. first Louis. half. St. Yeah. Louis. I was the worst pitcher in baseball, worst pitcher in baseball, statistically highest ERA, most losses. And then the second half I went eight and one with like a two. Um, and I was like, I, I, I can, I can relate to anything. I've had my ass kicked for five straight games in a row. I've given up 18 yeah. runs in two games. Like a lot of, a lot of growth, a lot of growth right. and learning and of I who said, you are as a person. So, so if I'm in the minor leagues and any kid that comes through there, I can relate with any situation going on. So I can relate to this kid that's struggling. I can relate to this kid. That's the top prospect. That's five and zero oh with a one. I can relate to that. So I know when that kid thinking he's walking around and he's not listening to any coach, I can be like, Hey, I've been there, dude. Like this. Is yeah. I, I've sucked too. <laughs> right. And I've been that guy that's, Oh, that's Oh, and five with an eight. And I want to basically like go jump in the river and for like a swim. I, listen, I know, right? hey, listen, I gave up 18 runs. This is how you handle <laughs> stuff. I gave up 18 runs in three days in St. Louis. I was uh-huh. in Boston. I started a game. I gave up nine runs in two and a third inning. And then we go to New York and Matt Morris goes down. There's a rain delay in like the second inning. And they come to me and they go, I had still thrown 85 pitches. In <laughs> they came to me and they said, Hey, Morris, uh, Morris tweaked something. You're going to have to go. Gave up nine runs in like an inning and two thirds in New York, 18 runs in like four innings. So I walk in the clubhouse in New York and I walk right in the shower, fully clothed, nails on everything and put the Love. water on and just stay everything stand in the shower just I, and <laughs> the clubhouse manager walked by he's like what are you doing i'm like i'm washing the shit off me 
I said it can't. I need I need this day to go away. I said I, in I'm every form. I took all the clothes. I I took everything. I took my glove, my spikes, my jock, everything, and threw it in the trash. <laughs> threw everything oh, in the trash. That's a good, said, good I move. To the club, I said, I need, I need all new uniform. I need everything. I said, I can't check me, wear. check me in as a new guy. This is the first right. day of spring training. Right. So that's I will why be I now. Like, I will be Timothy. I, you know what? I'll and be that's, known and as. That, that's what I told the organization. I said I can relate to anything, and it was, it was a great approach. I mean, I got a couple job offers, but my kids were starting school, and I wanted to be home. But <laughs> that's was, weird, right? Yeah. How was your tra- how how was your transition? It was tough. From not playing. That, that could be a whole. It was for me too. Yeah, it was tough. I didn't. My dad had got. We had found out my dad had lung cancer. My kids were starting Oof. kindergarten, so like that year, I got home was a rough year. So I was. I didn't watch any baseball. I was taking my dad to chemo and, and every day and which You're was trying to live, huh? Right. And, and I had the job offers and I was like, I'm not leaving my dad. I'm not leaving my kids. So, um, did that. And then the next year it was still rough. Cause I felt like I still could pick, I mean, I was 41 when I retired, but I was still throwing 94, 95 miles an hour. Yeah. So I've, I still felt like I could pitch granted. I was old, but I think once, once I like, we did the thing in the summer where we went out and played and I got to do that a couple summers where I play with a bunch of guys in the tournament and realizing like the, the, what you got to put into it and how I felt and how my shoulder actually felt. That's how I was it, we, when we played together. Was... Yeah. It made it a little bit easier. Like, dude, I couldn't do this for seven months. Like, and it, it made that transition before that it was rough. I, the first game I went to, have you been, I'm sure you have, have you been to a yeah, baseball game? Yeah. I've been to Two or three. Something My like first that. one was like an out-of-body experience. I went That's early weird. to a, a, pet, a Padre game. I went in the clubhouse. I saw all the guys. I saw the clubhouse guys. About the third inning, I went up in the stands, and I'm walking around the concourse with people in the stands. And it's like I went to my seat. I got tickets for some buddies, and I'm sitting there, and I'm watching the game. And the whole time, I'm real quiet. And my buddy looks over. He's like, are you all right? I said, yeah, this is just bizarre. I said, I have not been in the stands with people since I was in high school. So yeah. you're talking 25 Do you have, years. Uh, um, okay, Jordan, can you pull up my Instagram, a picture on my Instagram? Or is that too hard? I actually have the picture of my first game back. Yeah. In, and it was- in Chicago, I was watching Grilly. And I remember it feels weird, like watching, like, I don't know. It's yeah. like, like, wait a minute. All these people are making a big deal about what's going down there. So, so like, it uh, was really weird. So Gary and I, Gary, um, his brother has season tickets. So he's like, Hey, you want to go to a game? I got tickets. So I was like, all right. So we drive down there to Petco. It's the second game of the season this year. And we, you know, COVID's still going on, but the restaurants are open and it's outdoor seating. So we stop and get something to eat. And we sat there and I'm like, this is crazy. Like, all these people are going to this game. Like I never thought about that. I never thought I know, about the process of going to a game. All these people, we left early so we could get some food. So we didn't have to like all these decisions where I never thought any of that. So we, we eat, we go over to the stadium, we get to our seat and we're sitting there. And it was actually, it was weird because I told him, I said, I almost feel like I didn't even get to do this. Like I almost don't even remember what it feels like to be on the field. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it made me kind of bummed a little bit. Like, I don't like it's so cool. Like, it's such a show. Like, you never realized that when you were doing it. Like, you didn't realize, like, it's a show. It's an oh. entertainment. It's like going to like a like a Broadway play. And I never really thought of it that way 
But when I was sitting there, I was like, this is crazy. Like, I, I, I wish I would have like took it in a little bit more than I did. See, I, I, I never really did until that first. It was a job. Moment. It's a job though. It's a grind yeah. and it's a job, but, and I think I did here and there, take it in and realize this is really cool. Like, this is really cool. What we get to yeah. do. Yeah. Go ahead, see if you can post this. Picture. Are you crying in it? Are you no, crying? no, I got my legs. I got my, I'm just showing my legs, hairy legs. What, what did oh, I put there you on go. there? What did, I, what did I put on there? Let's see. At my, at my first game since retiring, a little bit different view. <laughs> so no true. wonder, no wonder fans boo from this angle. So the true. game is so much slower. And I this said game. that too. I, I said that to Jeff. I'm like, it looks so easy. It right? looks so easy from here. And when somebody strikes out, you're like, dude, how do you miss that pitch? It's right down the middle. Right. Like, yeah, it made it, it, it put it more in perspective, but it was super bizarre. It's still bizarre every time I go. I think it's been weird with my kids a little bit because mm -hmm. now my kids are starting, they're getting to that age. I think when we, when we did the thing in the summer, my kids finally start seeing that I was kind of famous when yeah. they saw all, like you're out there with all these players. But now a little bit more as they're older and kids in the league are like talking to me and like, and watching a baseball go, they're asking a lot more questions. Like, well, dad, when you did it, what did you do that? Or did you play in that stadium? Like, my son likes to like, when it, it's starting to be cool now. Cause they know yeah. be like his friends. Hey dad, did you, did you, where before he wouldn't, he didn't even yeah. care to say, and he would more or less be annoyed as people come up when I was little. Now I think he forgot about it. And now he wants to revisit again because I'm doing something in, in Kansas City where I'm going down and doing booth, you know, like you do. Right. And, and now he wants to go. I or wish... Even last year he was like, hey, do you want to go do this or that? I guess it wasn't last year. COVID was a previous year. He was just like, this is, what, this is what I wish. I wish because we weren't like mega superstars. We weren't, you know, a George Brett or a Trevor Hoffman, like, or a Tony Gwynn or anything like that. I wish we had a little bit more access and privileges in terms of like, I would love to take my kid down to the stadium and play catch on the field with him. Like yeah. now there's so, it's so strict when you go to a ballpark and even getting in, like back in the day when I came up, I could bring anybody, I could bring 20 people in the club. You have that, you have that gold card, you're coaching third for the day if you wanted yeah, to. Like gold now, card. now it's like to go to the state, even for me to go into the stadium, like you're getting like a badge and a pass and everywhere you go, you got to show your credit. Like it wasn't like that when we came into the league. Like yeah. if I had somebody with me, they, I could take them anywhere in the stadium. Now it's like I'm getting walked around by a Padres person and they're checking and they're scanning like just to walk around the concourse, I wish we had more access. I was working out trying to work on it with the Padres. Like we should have some type of card that was like a retired player card besides the gold card that we have for, for playing more than eight years that if we want to go down to a game where we have a little bit more, we don't have almost like an ambassador card. Cause when you're going down, it's usually not for us. Yeah, and and if, we're not going, we're not going, we don't need like a press pass where we can go anywhere no. we want in the stadium, but we should have a couple of little privileges because of what we did, especially in like our homes, like Utah, of course, Utah doesn't have a major league baseball team. So yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I, um, I mean, I feel like it could go there. I mean, we're getting all your, it could, like, I think it seriously could. I would never want to pitch there. That's like pitching in Colorado. Hey, when I came through Salt Lake, 
That's a tough place to pitch, man. It's it's. A, I saw Trumbo take BP there. We were I was facing that. And he's and hitting Trumbo. it over the oh, picnic dude. tables. <laughs> I, this was after I had like ten years in the big leagues, and I'm I'm in AAA with Oakland at the time, and Trumbo. I don't know if you he, he. I think he was doing a rehab down there, and he's hitting balls so far, and I got to face him in like an hour, and I'm like, dude, I don't want to pitch. <laughs> that guy's going oppo hitting it like 480 oppo I'm like i want no part of this dude he... I was like i'm like I'm, I'm decent but dude that that i mean colorado it, they're not humidifying the balls in salt lake like they were in colorado no that, that's we, we got to get the fans there somehow i know but it's a beautiful place I, it's, but tell it's, you what i'll i'll pay for a humididor if we get a major league team fair that and then great yeah that's that's what we'll do yeah no it's it's beautiful it, 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 that have you that humidor have you been in that thing where they keep the balls yeah it's pretty cool isn't it yeah it's really cool it's I, like a giant it's like a just looks like a giant food refrigerator that was just a happy filled day. with baseball that was a happy day when colorado started doing that i know right they started, that was miserable that's why that's why that's i liked why hitting I, there I, though i started having some sticky stuff in certain spots was colorado yeah, he did something on the ball because they were so slippery and so slick. You know, all this big thing about sticky stuff and you know people are are putting stuff on the ball, dude. That's been going. Dude, on. I I rather as a hitter, I rather you have it when it's cold out, right? Because I I know where that ball is going if it slips. It's going right in your ear. Yeah, right. Put some sticky stuff on it. I yeah, rather. I, I, I get it. The spin rate you can put yeah. on the ball a little bit more, but to like think it's all like. I just had this big conversation on Facebook and I'm not a big Facebook guy with, with some buddies from high school about the umpiring and, and getting rid of the umpires and putting an electric strike zone and all this stuff. How bad is the umpiring this year? I'm like, dude, it's been bad for 50 years. Like it's not, just, I mean, it's gotten better. Right. If you want to so track like, that. Now <laughs> you're saying like, this is horrible. They're missing calls. I'm like, dude, ask the 90 braves about the that, that that's it's that yeah exactly right so ask, like don't start saying the, the their plate was bad. like this this was their right. plate <laughs> so i'm just like dude i and i i got mad because the one guy like he thinks he knows everything and i'm like if anybody should be mad it was me i lived it i had to get yeah. to those guys so like i said most of the umpires are good there's a few that are horrible but for the most part most of the umpires are be surprised they're pretty good umpires and they'll miss like if you look on their thing they miss like five or six calls like but also but the other thing is too and those five or six calls i feel like being a catcher that's the difference maker yeah you just made me that 220 hitter that calls a good game 17 percent on the lower one 10 percent more and Eight percent more, and I'm good down and away because I was a big body. Twenty five percent more likely to get pitches on those borderline ones. Now that that plays in arbitration now. That's funny. And and that's part of my craft. Why you want me on your team? Because I have good relationships, even with Joe West. Because I'm born from Wyoming. There takes that human element. Absolutely. There's there's probably a twenty five percent chance because I've done my homework with Joe West or whoever, or Angel Hernandez. I know what charities mean mostly to his heart. And you may think he sucks. I, he's good for me. Everybody listen, John, hates listen, him. Listen, John, I, I work <laughs> for umpires in a, in a Little League game more than you can ever manage before the oh, game. Oh, and nobody I even knows. Him, I talk to him, make good – like 
Because you those borderline calls, you want Dude. those borderline calls going to you. And how about the how about the the coaches like, oh, John gets everything. He's gonna get everything. And then I always and I always whenever a coach does that, I always go up to him. I said, do you want to know why? I'll give you the secret. Oh, it's because you played ten. I said, no. Do you know his name? Right. Do you know where he goes to high school? Did you know he's on a soccer team and he's only doing this for? And they kind of looked at me. and said, I do. That's why I get those calls. Right. And guess what? I'm the big leaguer, big league and everybody. No, I went and talked to this kid. For sure. 100%. Made it personable. Let him know. Hey, you know, I am. let me know. I but will it help like, you. It was like that in the big leagues. They're like, I don't get a call and I'm walking off the mound. And, and Joe was tough. Joe, Joe, was you, Joe was tough. It was hard to really get him. But there were some you walk off. And I never, I never, ever, like – maybe he missed a couple pitches that I thought were off. I'd always walk and say, Hey, Hey, John, did you get that ball out or down? And he'd be like, I got, it, I got it a little bit out. I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to move it in just so he knows. Like, I didn't go. I thought it was on the plate. No, I was just like, all right. We're, I'm we're and, and we're TV. We're on a TV timeout. The whole world. Right. This is mindful thought process that you, throw you that do. Pitch in the same spot next time you're getting it because you didn't say he was wrong. You're just asking him where he had it. So you could, I'll try to make the adjustment. I'll try to move it in or I'll bring it up a little bit or, you know, everyone, man, I thought that pitch was pretty good, but I'm going to bring it up a little bit. You just sure. play the game. You play the yep. game and it's, it's, Dude, you hit it. It's human relations. It really is. And that will take you in baseball. That'll take you in business. That'll take you everywhere. Getting to know somebody. Don't think you're better than anybody else because what you're doing or whatever. I try to teach my kids that now. I'm trying to teach my catchers this. I have a really good catcher and he's, he's probably the best in the league. I'm teaching him. I just taught him yesterday. Like when you're on the plate, right? When we build a count, get out there a little bit because that pitch that's a couple inches off the plate if you're in the middle and you reach for it and stick it out here it's going to be a ball but if you yeah. square your body if you get your body over here a little bit and you catch it in the like off like you don't have to reach outside your body and it's in the same spot it's going to be a strike because the umpire is going to see you catch it in the middle of your body he's going to yeah. give it to you we get yeah. so many balls off the plate because of the way we're moving our catchers and it's just it's stuff that no, right? it's now it's knowledge and being thoughtful having a thought process of, of right. what you're doing but it's like and then, you know, coaches get pissed at the, at the calls. And I'm thinking like, dude, it's just because my catcher, there's, he's stealing those calls. He's catching yeah. the ball the way he should. So it's deceiving the umpire. It's perfect. It's giving him, it's it. giving the umpire consistent. I love the gameplay of that. Like I do too. not playing anymore, Jeff and I, this is like therapeutic for us. Like it is for me too. Yeah, to, to I, I agree. This, to have this not playing anymore. And it was a good transition. Talk about the transition. When my, yeah. when my kids started T-ball, I'm on the board. Like I do the fundraising for our league. Like it's given me something to focus on besides just, you know, fortunately, you know, I, I getting made people out. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, I made enough where I'm, I'm okay. And I don't have to go get like a, you know, a nine to five job. So, but I need stuff to occupy my time and to focus on. It's going to be hard. When my kid gets out of little league be like, what do I do now? It's going to be another transition. Like baseball. Uh, that's when you, and that's when you start cutting the lawn. I think that's what that's I'll when just I'm do. going to be like sitting at little league games. With yeah. My, don't... My, my feet up going, Oh, it doesn't look so hard from up here. <laughs> Same yeah, <thing."> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good, well, man. Oh, well, that's awesome, bro. Well, this was fun. I mean, I don't think we intend to talk about literally. I think there's a lot of information we just kind of covered. But, it, just but I think it relates to everything. Yeah. It relates yeah. to college. It relates to, you know, professional. It's all the same. Well, I think 
you put the nail on the head. The reason you're doing sports, teaching your kids through sports and little league is to be well-defined decision makers For sure. and to use the game of baseball to like, you're going to suck and you life's going to be good. And then you're going to be terrible. And then life's going to be awesome. And then bad things are, it teaches you how to manage that with thoughts. Like we said, it's about thoughts. You even right. saying the difference maker, even for you in this awesome career you had thought you wish you could have been better. I too wish I would have been better in that area. Cause I know it would have been more all-star games, more contract. You can see that. And those breakdowns where it is, is that consistent thing. So I think mean, it was a, a fun time to be able to articulate Anytime. it through I'm, sport, I'm, I'm just youth mad sports. The, I, I'm, I'm just mad I took this long to get on the show. I know. Well, like, what am I, new, what am I not doing to get on the show? What, Brett, what it was is I had, <laughs> I had to be I had to be good because I watched your show. I was like, oh, he kind of knows what he's doing. You know. And I was just getting on here rambling. But that's, I was just, that, to me, that's me. When, when, when I was doing my podcast, the best shows that I'd have my little script and my outline of stuff we're going to hit and questions I was going to hit. And the ones where we went off on a tangent, those were the best shows. They're the most organic. They're the most real. Like we talked that's, about, uh, that's, what are we involved in right now? Does it relate to other things in life? Like you said, yeah, that's what our reality is right now. But it relates to everything. It relates it to does. any sport, soccer, basketball, football. It relates to anything. It relates to raising your kids. I wish I yeah. could do that, you know, with my kids. Like they're having a bad day at school. Like, hey, let's, let's, let's have a short memory. That day's let's over. Get, let's let's get back into the zone. Yeah, the zone is the zone. It doesn't matter what it is. No. Parenting. Anything, coaching, no. hitting, whatever. Let, let's put it this way. Baseball's tough. Being a coach is tough. Being a parent's tough. It's tough, man. It's tough times right now. We're all yeah. coming out of it, and it's all getting a little, you know, we all see the light at the end of the tunnel. But uh, So are you a mask wearer now or no mask wearer? I've always been a mask wearer. Oh, um, okay. My wife, uh, my wife's got an autoimmune disease. She's got ulcerative colitis. Like oh, Rome. that's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So yeah. we had to be. It was tough for us. You had to be pretty vigilant. Yeah, we. You know, when she gets sick, she gets really sick. Like even like a common cold or the or like a sore throat. When she gets a sore throat, it's so like, it made you real. It was it was definitely different. I didn't it was really scary for that. us. It was really well, scary for us because if she would have got sick, um. It, it could have been real bad because your immune system doesn't fight it. Like, well, then, and then you and the boys are probably yeah. scared of getting so, it on your own. Right? So Julia, the first, I mean, for the year, yeah. I would say her going out to a grocery store within that year, it didn't happen more than five times. Oh, it was life-threatening. Yeah, because- It's a little and different. It was, and it was, yeah. it got to a point, John, where, and, and whatever beliefs people have on the coronavirus or if it's a, a fake or not or all that, whatever. I, I was, my whole thought process, you can believe what you want to believe in. That, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, when it, I just didn't like it when it was shoved down people's throats, good or bad. But I, we have friends that thought it was like no big deal and they were out doing whatever. That's fine. But I believe in this and I have to do this for my family. But my whole thought process, I made it a game. They talk about mental stuff. I made it a game. When I went to Target or the grocery store, I thought everyone had it. Every single person has it. And I yeah. got to navigate this and get my groceries without getting too six close feet to away. <laughs> to get it. And it was, the, wall, it was the only way mentally I could get through it without being a wreck. It became, yeah. a game. It became like a game to me in terms of like, how am I going to do this? Like I'm going out to to forage for our food but you know we were safe we we're both double vaccinated now 
we're still safe with the mask. Like when we go out, even though we're, we're safe. Cause it, you know, I got a mom, I didn't want her to get sick and we were seeing her and, and it's just, you know, it was tough. It was a tough year. I yeah. think everyone's coming out of it and everyone, you know, for people that lost a loved one, we had friends that I had friends that got really sick. Like guys. Yeah. That, like, yeah I think, I think every, I mean, we got to the point I think everybody has uh, Brooke started going to school for nursing. Right. I told yeah. you she's a nurse practitioner and her going in there being literally dealing with it and being on the front lines and learning about it. We got to, well, we had a friend, she, uh, she was on the crisis committee for San Diego for the hospital mm-hmm. and she ran the ventilators and the ECMO, the heart bypass machines. So all these people that were going on the ventilators, she had to distribute the ECMO. So when all oh, the wow. cases in California, they're like, Oh, the hospitals are fine. We were like, we knew more in terms of that, where it's like, she had to make the decision because this guy you know, that's 31 years old with two kids, you know, has to go on a ventilator. And this guy that's, you know, so, so she had to pick one or the yeah. other. So oh. like, when people are saying this is all real and people aren't, dying, it's like, dude, our friends having to make decisions like, Hey, this kid's got, two oh, it's fair. this guy yeah, hasn't it's... responded in three weeks. We got to take him off. So like, so it made us, but the funny thing was, is in the whole mass thing, you brought it up a little bit. Here's, here's somebody that's in the hospital in COVID units. And she basically said, listen, if I have a mask on and the other person has a mask on, I'm probably going to be okay. If I keep my distance and like yeah. that, that made it a little bit easier for us to go out. Yeah. I felt safer, but she's like, listen, I'm around it every single day. And if I have my mask and I wash my hands and sanitize pretty much, you're going to be okay. Yeah. And, and, and so we were believers in it and we, we stuck by that and, and knock on wood. We were, well, fine. yeah, especially, I mean, I think that's why we were all trying to be believers in, to that degree because people literally like your wife and your family yeah you know i think that's the reason not saying yeah it is a little bit lighter for everybody like for the masses but when we're talking a world pandemic yeah we got to work for everybody and think of everybody i think that's that's the reason why we did it and And my whole thing was if our friends we have a lot of medical friends if our friends can be in a hospital and wear a mask for 12 hour shifts I can wear a mask for five minutes when I go into yeah. the grocery store. Yeah, that's, 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 what everybody, where, that's what everybody says. Like, uh, cause my, my, my routine is pretty, like, I don't have to go into an office. I don't have yeah. to like, if you need me to wear this mask when I went run into Walgreens or Harvard's. It wasn't that big of a deal to me. Like it yeah. was, it was, I wasn't making a statement about a political statement or yeah. anything. I wasn't making any statement. It was like, it's not hard to run into Albertsons. It's so it's so to go weird. Get my milk how, with a mask on. It's isn't not. it? Wasn't it weird how masks became like this? Unbelievable! Unbelievable! That's so weird. I'm not super political. Like I'm kind of down the middle. I just I just want our country to be okay. I, I do too. Want, that, that's it. I don't care who's running. I want our country to be okay. But when it got political, like if you wear a mask, you follow this. I'm like, dude, that's so crazy. It's so weird. If you don't right? wear a mask, you follow this. Like it that's feels- so, so nuts to me. But yeah, yeah, that's, it's, the world, that's the world the world is right now. I, and I, I, I count it to anything like we're talking about Bauer and social media. Social yeah. media plays such a big part in everything now. If this happened in the 80s when there was no social media, there would have been different thought process because you're not oh, seeing yeah. it on TV every night. You're not seeing you got people. F- flooded it. Yeah, that's, yeah. And, and that's kind of why I brought it up because it's mental health, those things, right? With that is... Yeah, it, mental it's, health. It's, is- a, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing because now we're all trapped in not being able to have our outlets not being able to have go to higher ground and those those things that are really 
I mean, I think it's put emphasis on it. It's good to get away, have my own space and get outside. These simple things that I think we took for granted. I feel like after we went through it, we've learned a lot. For sure. Mental for the, health, ne- the mean- next thing, mental health, all of this. I feel like if I'm going to give us a great, I f- did we do some things wrong? Did we? Yeah. But that's how you do it in a baseball game related yeah. back to base. Yep. And I'm going to see the things I did wrong, maybe improve on But I learned a lot. Yeah. On it some was, of those negative things. Mentally, I think that was the hardest part from the physical part. Like, I mean, like I said, we're fortunate. We have a little house on a lake. We were able to go up there and get away yeah. from stuff. Like, and, and you can decompress a little bit. But like, there were times my wife and I live, like, we've been married almost 18 years. We've literally argued like one or two times in our whole marriage. Yeah. And like we saw each other kind of like getting short because you're, you're, you're in a high stress situation. You're not yeah. getting out. Like it was to the point where like, I was mentally exhausted. Cause every time I went out, it was like, here I am. I felt like I was in a life or death situation. If I did something dumb and touched something and forgot, like I could affect my kids or my wife, like mentally it broke me down. Where yeah, it was like, yeah. this is tough. Like, and like to step outside of that for a second and be like, all right, take a breather. Let's regroup. Let's get in the right frame of mind, like baseball thing. Let's get in the right frame of mind and, and start our process again. That's why the process of going turn to, it into a game when I'm that's out. That's why yeah. the process of when I went grocery shopping, this is kind of yeah, the process cool. I went. I had, and, and we were wiping down groceries at the beginning because at the beginning, no one knew anything. Oh, we, we, had, we had it shipped and we put it outside leave it out there for a certain hour because we read that yeah then go out there and wipe it out but it and then bring it in. but it yeah. was a process that i could control and yep. it would got got me in the right mind frame that i was going to be successful at it and that's yep. i mean i think we're just your instincts wired like that. yeah we are wired like that as athletes i think and just what we did is we were i mean and that's one thing we talked about is having a process and it was funny because when when i became we and brooke had our things and i had gym class <laughs> with the boys and then we then yeah. we'd then come down we'd watch something we didn't know documentary nature so i was making this school but, day because it was a process of routine and- i think that's the thing too and i think we're fortunate because our kids are at the age our kids are going to be grown up and go to college soon i mean it's yeah. going to happen before we know it and i think we'll look back on this period and go and my, my wife and I had problems where like, she's like, gosh, we just, we're not doing anything. We're home every day where I'm like, there's no point in time in our lifetime where we'll probably be sitting on the couch and watching TV. It's going to be okay. Like, yeah. you know, we yeah. have this time to just really hang on our, hang out with our kids when they, when they go to college and do gonna, nothing, we're going to beg to do nothing. <laughs> right. And I said, this is going to be something we look back on. And even though it was a huge, you know, tragedy for so many people to die, We'll look back on it, granted, because we've been safe and go, gosh, that was really cool that we got to spend all that time with our kids. There's a lot. I think there's a lot of families that have got close. As many as they got torn apart, there's a lot of families that I know. Close people that took advantage. There's a lot of healthy stories. School started just at the right time. We were at the yes, point where we we're like, Dude, we need our kids to go away for two hours. They need I to- love them, but I, I need to. Yeah, yeah. They're, like they're like, our kids are like, well, we just went to like four hours a day uh, a couple of weeks ago. My kids are like, ah, oh, we got to go four hours. I'm like, dude, I need the four hours. I need it. I, I love you guys, I, I, but I'm at the point where I need, I need to be able to in, run. To in the grocery fact, store son, walk, the- walk home and go the long route. <laughs> right. 
I, I love you and we will spend out every minute when you get home, but I need these four hours for me to jump <laughs> on my Peloton or do whatever. Oh yeah. Just to do something. By the way, Peloton, can we talk about uh, that? For a yes, please. But listen, how do you do it? Do I you love have, it. No, but listen, I, I, I bring you up probably once every few weeks, two or three yeah. weeks, because somebody's like, Oh, you got a Peloton? Like, and they'll like follow you and they go, Oh man, you're killing. I'm like, dude, you don't know what killing it is. Go into my <laughs> followers. And look at Jay Buck, dude, it, <laughs> dude, how, I don't understand. You're like, you'll be like, resistance is like 62 and you'll average like a cadence of like 85. Like I can, I have to stand up and I'm barely like to get that. I just, I, I it's, it's a lifetime of squatting, I guess. Dude, it's, I think, I, I think that's why I got it. Cause I started doing this Salt Lake Tri Club. And so I started cycling because it's good for my knees when I was still playing. But then now that I've come home, now I can, it's not like I'm saving, I'm not doing it to condition. I'm doing it for a sport. So now that heavier push, I just think for my quads and catching, it plays in the cycling dude, world. It's unbelievable. <laughs> dude, I look out sometimes when I'm just like sitting around, I'll look at your numbers. I'm like, there's no, there's no way any human could ride like that. There's no well, way. Let's see what happens. And a lot of those I'm, I'm getting on. Cause I'm thinking, I'm just going to do a light ride today. I, I'm just doing I a little. And then you get this 40 year old woman. That's like, you're, you're fat and slow. I'm not like whatever her name is. Right. And then I'm like, Oh bitch. I'm no, <laughs> I gotta it, like it, race what are you ranking those things. Like if there's like a hundred thousand well, yes, yesterday, yesterday I got an early class. There was only like, and it's uh are you doing them live most of the time i i have before but um i, I normally just do whatever yeah the, whatever the ride genre and and what what i'm feeling that's also why i like it because yeah. I, I like to work out on because the reason i'm working it's emotionally it's so that my mental health is good oh, i i need to do I, wait and i yeah i'm well, 25 yeah. pounds i'm 25 pound down since uh the first of the year i don't boy yeah i just I don't know. I've, I, my health, I've always had to work out and do things because I know it's connected to my, if I wait and I don't and I eat bad and I do nothing, I know my family has, it's, it's not good. It's, yeah. It's, it's not good. 30 minutes or an hour where I, so I good started for me. doing it. We're like, I need, I need me time. I especially, need me time. especially us as an athlete where I think it's real healthy to like get to the point where I push myself. Cause that's how I'm wired. Yeah. So it's not, uh, yes, it's health, but it's, it's. You're a beast. That's all <laughs> I can say. I haven't even texted you about it, but it just, guys looked at my Pelotons right here and it, like, I don't know how you do it. I love you're, it. You're like my spirit animal, spirit animal when I get on there. I try to try to be like you. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Oh, that, There's times well, where I'm doing it where I'm like pushing like 60, like resistance. And I look at my cadence and I yeah. go, dude, you got to be buck right now. You got to be buck. And I start like <laughs> trying to drive it. I can't dude. <laughs> my quads aren't like built like yours uh i i don't know i just gotta have that i gotta hurt myself some way sure. and this is a, a healthy way to hurt myself it's amazing it's amazing my friend have you done have you done the uh the trail runs no i, I haven't done any runs it's just been all biking see that's i think that's my cardiovascular is has always been i always went trail running in the mountains I got I, bad ankles. A trail sounds like a. Like, yeah, it's funny. I was just telling lying, my lying ankle. on the side of like the hill, waiting for the next hiker to come through to help me. Yeah, so I, I just, 
I don't know the challenge of it. And that's a mountain. The fact that it gets that result, like the way that I thought about it, oh, you're doing, you're running, but not only you're running because I'm a catcher. Like this is how I thought about my training in the off season. I'm going to do shit that nobody else wants to do. Yeah. And if I do it better than everybody, I'm going to be that much better when I go to play this simple game. That is kind of how my head. So approach though, that's, I worked out six, seven times a week. Cause when I woke up, I would think about a pitcher and be like, he's probably at the gym right now. Play those yeah, mental games. That's how I was, dude. Everything I, yeah. that I did pretty much was a mental game. Even if I was running and I could, I was tired, I'd pick a spot and go, you got to make it to that spot. You can't stop before that spot because if you do, you're not going to go eight innings next game or nine innings yeah. next game. That's how I got through like play those little games. Yeah. Any stressful or hard situation, you got to play the game in your head. It's kind yeah. of relates back to anything we've talked about. Yeah, we, it's, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. funny how you just instinctually do that. That's your pattern. It's your pattern and ritual. So yeah. I, I knew, I knew, I knew a, a podcast would be awesome and epic with you. My excuse why, why <laughs> Dude, you weren't we probably first. Could go another two hours, really. Oh, oh, we, I know we can, and we probably will later. So wait till I come there. We can be in the same spot or oh, you come here. Great. Yeah. You guys got to come. Great visit utah yeah we what we 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 were planning on salt lake um for skiing until Dude. all this stuff happened. tell you what you got you, i know i know we talked you you come you guys stay here all right and we'll then we'll hit them we're about 25 30 minutes from each of them so let's do it and then I'm that way ready. that way if we want to leave the kids here and they can run around in the gym while we go ski uh, i'm in that's we got like we got a baby have, we got a babysitter out there i'm in 100 <laughs> percent. perfect all right brad well Dude, it was so good to see you. Uh, it's good yeah. to talk with you. And All right, let's do it again make, soon. Yeah, and, and I'll call you too. I, like I said, some, about some of the stuff we're doing. Okay. We'll have to get you guys involved. All right, All right bud. Well, you take All care. Buddy. All right, you see you. Bye.